Good morning. The sun can come out any time. No, but uh, today as we take a look at this passage of Scripture, uh, I want us to focus on a couple things. I want to focus on, yes, what Dean was just talking about, about benevolence, but uh, what it means to be a giving church and uh, what it means to be, well, let me ask you a question like this. What does it mean to be a pastor? What does it mean to be a minister? What does it mean to be a Christian? I want you to think about that. Because we're all ministers in a way or another. And, uh, you know, we're just talking with the young, the young ones up, up, up here about being a model, that the model that Jesus was for us. And now that we've seen all through Acts, we've seen him tell them, show them, then he proved it because he went, was ascended, right? Then he fulfilled it with the Holy Spirit. And now they're off on a mission, a mission of benevolence. What is benevolence? Giving, right? Giving. Something that, you know, we do frequently, you know, in, in confirmation today we're talking about benevolence and, and uh, one of the young men said, well, it's getting the money so they can give it to the pastor. I'm like, yes! <laughs> but it's not just about money. Here we see, yeah, it can be money can be material gifts, could be services, it could be giving of abilities, a time, attention, presence, all of the above. And here we see that Peter, being filled with the Holy Spirit, heals a crippled beggar and then preaches in the temple. Guess what? It was a very big deal. So, but before we, you know, we, I know Dean just read... Acts 3, 1 through 10, but I want to go back a little bit. I want to go back a little bit to verse 46. So if you have your Bibles, I believe it's on page 771 in the Bible in your pew, in, in your pew or if you have it, turn to Acts chapter 3. If you have a phone with the Bible app on it, whip your phone out and let's look at it there. I am reading out of the New American Standard Bible, uh, and so uh, verse 46 says this. Well, I know we read it last, last week, but we're going to read it again. Day by day, counting with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was, added, and the Lord was adding to their numbers day by day those who were being saved. Then, of course, Dean just read 1 through 10 of, of chapter 3, which is the story, uh, the, the account of, of what happened when they went to the temple and where they, uh, they, they, they came to this beggar, this lame person, and, uh, and they healed him. And everybody was in awe. But let's go that, then one verse after that, verse 11. While he was clinging to Peter and John... All the people ran together to them at the so-called portico of Solomon, full of amazement. So we have the context now. We have that they were doing what they were 
told to. They were modeling what they were taught. Then they went out. They took it to the streets, literally. And then at the end, it shows the result of everything that happened. And so we're going to work, work through this stuff here. But what it's looking at here is a healthy Christian community. Guess what? It attracts people to Jesus. The Jerusalem church's zeal for worship, they were all about it, right? And brotherly love was so contagious, and so they're giving us a model. A healthy, loving church, a body of Christ is on a mission. And we're going to look at the mission that they were on and that we're on. Then we're going to take a look at the money that was asked for. And finally, we're going to look at the miracle that was done. Okay? So let's first take a look at the mission. What mission were they on? What mission were they on? The mission that they were on is found in Matthew. Matthew, the very end of Matthew, the Great Commission, their marching orders, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, where it says this, And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. They were on a mission. They were on a mission from God. They were on a mission that God put them on, and they took it not just in with their friends and their close people, they took it to everyone. They were told what to do and how to do it. The disciples were to baptize people because, guess what? In baptism, it unites believers with Jesus Christ. In their death to sin and in their resurrection to new life. So, where are we all to go? Whether it is next door, to the next country, to the next city, to make disciples. Our, one of, our, our call, our desire for this church is written on the back wall. On everything that you are, get from us, emails or letters, it says, doing what it takes to reach and disciple people for Jesus. Reaching out on a mission of God. Anyone have those cards in their purse or in their, in their wallets? The ones that we printed? Okay. Grab some still. They're still there. We have a lot. Because we're expecting them to go all over the place. Not just because we want to see how many people we can get in this church. We want people to know who Jesus is. We want them to have a relationship with Jesus. It was not an option 
but a command to all who call Jesus Lord. Guess what, everybody? I'm parched. We are all evangelists. We are all given a task to do. We are all, in the formal sense, receiving gifts to be used to fulfill the Great Commission. It goes back to, to Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 12. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. We're not all preachers. I do, have, I do think we have a couple in our, in our church, though. They're, they're, I, we got some young men coming up that I think are going to be, God's going to use them in a very powerful way. We also have a lot of people in this church, look to the left and look to the right of you right now. There are people with talent that God is using to bring glory and honor to his name. Not everybody wants to get up here, do, do you? Because if you do, come on up. Not everybody has the ability to go door to door, because it's a little scary, isn't it? Isn't it? Not everybody has the ability to spend time in prayer without falling asleep, Right? Or to read scripture aloud. I don't like to read it. It, it, it just gives me the eebie-jeebies. I know those people. But God says, I'm going to use you right where you are. With the gifts and talents that I have put in you when I made you. But I'm sending you out on a mission. A mission of mercy. That is, that is the very first verse of chapter 3, is that they were out. Peter and John were going to the temple at the ninth hour to pray. God is always with us. We see here that Paul and John still did what they were supposed to do when they attended the attended temple and kept the Jewish customs, which is evident in this first seven chapters of Acts, uh, that they were, they were raised Jewish. And here we see, and I'm going to explain a little bit why it says it gives you the hours there, the Jewish faith, the Jewish religion observed prayer three times a day, okay? First one is in the morning at 9 a.m., the name was the afternoon at 3 p.m., and then the evening was at sunset. Every single day you went to temple three times to pray. Wow. Can you imagine? They just received the Holy Spirit, okay? And now they're going to go talk to God three times a day. I'm sorry, I was sitting there going, how, how much do I pray? Am I praying three times? Do I have three dedicated times that I'm praying? I know of three. But we use it kind of rote, don't we? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Thank you, Lord, for the food. Bless it in Jesus' name, amen. Turn this burrito into something good for my body. 
Or do we actually talk to God? But they went to pray. Something that they, that they modeled. Where's, where's my daughter? She's way up there. I, we pray as a family, and, and it, I love hearing my little girl pray. Because she is, and I will tell her, she's innocent. You know, she just doesn't understand why, I wouldn't, why we wouldn't talk to God. You know, I know you're sitting way, as far away from me as you can today. <sighs> this should be the role you're in, ladies. But anyways, and she models. She models prayer. The one person that she models, guess who? Not her dad. Her grandpa. And it was, it's funny because my dad, you know, being senior pastor, he loves to, you know, you, you hear him pray and you're like, wow. Wow. Dad, you beautiful. You know? And, and he, there's always a, he's, he's preaching, teaching, loving, and asking all at the same time. He's doing a little bit of everything. But he does it in a way that includes everybody. Okay? So he'll pray, and usually it's, it's over a meal or something, and he'll, you know, he'll start off praying, and we're talking about, he'll pray for people that are hurt, this and that, sunshine, thank you, God, for these things, we love you, Lord, all these stuff. And then he goes, and now let's pray together, the, either the Lord's Supper, or, or the Lord's Prayer, or something like that. Well, Avery, the other day, well, not the other day, it's been about a month or two now, but she's, she copied my father. I'm like, Avery, you pray for supper tonight. Okay. All right, Lord, thank you for this, and thank you for that, Dad. And then she goes, join me now. And she goes into, you know, I was just like, what? You've been listening to Grandpa way too much. <laughs> but she modeled it. Guess what's happening here? They're modeling what they saw, what they've been taught. They went to temple to pray to talk to God. And along the way, guess what happened? God used them in a very special, special way. God put in their path someone that he wanted to let them show his grace, mercy, and love. Peter and John were going to temple to pray, and they ran into this man. And guess what he does? Money, please. I need alms. Alms are money. He wants to give a gift. The man that was lame since birth was asking for money. The beautiful gate was, a, was, a, was an entrance to the temple, not to the city. It was one of the most favorite entrances of many people, and they passed through it on their way to worship and pray. Giving money to beggars was considered a praiseworthy in the Jewish religion. It was kind of like giving a tithe. Okay? Uh, Walking in, you saw the beggars and you gave them money and tried to help them continue their life. So the beggar wisely placed himself right at that entrance where he would be seen by most people because they were on their way into temple to worship. Understanding this, the method of the mission that God had put his disciples on, yes, but also the mission that he put on us in this world. 
we see the very thing that was modeled by Jesus and modeled by the disciples and modeled by other Christians, modeled by Christians that we see today. It's simple. Romans chapter 3, 9 through 12 says this. What then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we have already charged, not at all, for we have already charged that both Jews and Greeks, Gentiles, are also under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for God. We all have turned aside. Together they have become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. That was what was being taught here. This cripple is a great, a great vivid illustration of the lost sinner. Here's a couple of things. Psalm 1.1 says this, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. This lame man was born lame. Guess what? We are all born lame. We are born sinners. Romans 3.23 says this, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are sinners. We are the ones sitting by the temple asking for help. He could not walk. And no sinner can walk to please God, can we? Micah 6.8 says this, He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require but, uh, of you, but you do justice to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. He couldn't walk. He was born lame. He sat outside the temple, kind of like, very similar to Sinners that sit outside our churches or sometimes inside our churches. Romans 5.8 says this, but God demonstrated his own love towards us and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Do you see where I'm going here? Do you see the, 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 the illustration of this lame beggar begging for money, begging for something, or, or us, the, the lame that we're laying there begging for something we don't have? Think about the day that you first were told the gospel. Could have been when you were just a little person. Could have been last week. When you got to that point and said, I'm missing something. I don't have that. That's what was going on here with, this, with this, this lame beggar. He didn't have money. He didn't have, his legs weren't working. He was poor and pathetic. And he laid there begging. As sinners, we are just like that. And guess what? God sends His people, His Spirit, out 
to heal. Dean just got done praying for many people in our community that are hurting, that are, that are in pain physically, pain maybe emotionally, maybe there, there's addictions going on, who, who, who knows? But there are many, many people, not just sleeping out in the woods, you walk by them every day. Maybe you're sitting next to one right now. Someone that's crying for help. That needs you. That needs him. That needs you to walk up and to say, I love you. And to help you up. You, I'm, I'll, I'll help you up, honey. I know, I know. Father God in heaven, I come before you right now with Melba. And Lord, I know that there's stuff going on in her world right now that she is dying, she needs help. And so Lord, I'm asking you to touch her, touch her family. Allow her to feel your grace, your mercy, and your love. Allow her to, to be able to feel you and to know that you are there because Lord, she needs you and her family needs you right now. In your name I pray, amen. Example. The disciples were sent out on a mission. And they were not tricked by someone coming up and saying, I need money. They saw through it because of God's grace, mercy, and love. We know that in the Bible it teaches us over and over and over again about how much God loves us. We all know it, John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not come to this world to, to, to convict the world but to save the world, to reach out and love you. So what did they do? They walked straight up to the man. And they clarified, look at us, silver and gold I have none, but I got something better. I got something that you need. I got something that is going to change your life. I got the Savior. I got the one that heals. I got the one that wipes away the tears. I've got the one that is going to touch your body and heal it, and you will dance for joy. I got it. So put his hand out. He says, Stand up. Stand up right now, because you are healed. What? He stood up. This man has never walked before. It says that his ankles, ankles were straightened. His legs were strengthened. I pray for that every day. Not to make light, but I pray for it every day. And he says, I'm not ready to heal you yet, physically. I'm working still here and heal you spiritually because I love you, and I have a job for you to do. 
The miracle was that God changed this man physically, spiritually. The witness of the apostles in verse 4 and 6, Peter commands the cripple in the, in the name of Jesus to walk. The lame man was asking for money, but Peter gave him much better. He used his legs now. And often, God, God, often we ask God to solve our, our, our small problems, but really he wants to give us a whole new life and help us form all our problems. He may say, Luke, I got something better for you. You may ask God for what you want, but don't be surprised when he gives you what you really need. When it says in the name of Jesus Christ means the authority of Jesus Christ. The apostles didn't do this healing except for through the Holy Spirit's power, not on their own. God did not walk over and go, here's a little sprinkly dust on you, here's a little sprinkly dust on you, you're going to a little sprinkly dust on you, you're going to be the healers, you're going to be the, the, the providers, you're going to... No. He goes, I just want you to go, let me do the work through you. I told you the last couple weeks ago how much I love preaching. I love it. Not because I get to get up and flap my gums for 35 minutes. I love it because I get to feel God working in me right now. Touching my very inner core. You know, we pray every, every Sunday, at least Larry does, give Pastor Luke 55 minutes. And you know what? It's kind of crazy, but my hips don't hurt all service. I keep stretching them, but it doesn't hurt. Guess what? In about 15 minutes, I'm going to be limping a lot harder, more. Because right now, this is Holy Spirit power. Because there's a message that needs to be given, and the, gift and, and the message is this. God loves you. God has a very special plan for you, even in hard times. And here we see an account, a true account of the Holy Spirit power, Jesus' power. Jump down to verse 7 and 8 there. We see that, 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 that the worship of this cripple, working, walking and leaping, he entered the temple to do what? Guess what? To praise God. In his excitement, this formerly lame man began to jump and walk around. He also praised God then more than others, and, and they were in awe by God's power. Don't forget to thank people who help you. But also remember to praise God for the care and their protection. They were in awe. Everybody that saw this were in awe. And they didn't understand, but they were like, this is the coolest thing we've ever seen. Peter had an audience, and he capitalized on the opportunity to share Jesus. He clearly presented this message by, by telling about who Jesus was and how the Jews had, has, had rejected him and why their reaction was fatal and, 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 and that they need to do something to change the situation. Guess what? Peter now had another chance to preach. And he got in their face and said, guess what? 
God just healed him. And he wants to heal you too. Blinders came off. What? I just witnessed it. I can have that? Peter talked about repentance. Peter says, you need to turn from your sin and come to Jesus, the ultimate healer, the ultimate healer of your body, the ultimate healer of your mind, the ultimate healer of your soul, the Messiah. Why? He wanted so bad to share God's grace. They're getting it, Lord. That's what he wanted to do. He wanted to show God's grace, mercy, and love. And he did it with the opportunity to heal this blind beggar and then use that as a platform to say, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. And feel his grace, his mercy, and his love, even through a hard So what's the take home today? Well, we have seen or heard the mission. We've seen and heard the money that was asked for. Then we've seen and heard the miracle that was delivered. Giving or benevolence is not something that is in the head. It's in the heart. Giving is from the heart. And that comes from having Jesus inside. Jesus gives the drive. He gives the direction. He gives the discernment of what he wants because he's in completely control, in complete control. And as God's Holy Spirit works in you, are you willing to be trust, to trust and obey? Because here we see Another example, another model of what God wants. When he says, I need you to take it to the street. I need you to go out and touch that person. I touched you, now you go tell them. Bring them to me, and I'll do the rest. Do you want to do that? Yes, Pastor Luke, I do. <laughs> if you want to be able to be used by God, you have to allow him to use you. You have to allow him to take over, to be the one that is inside of you, to be the one that is in control of what's going on. Not you telling him, this is the box you need to get in it. This is the toolbox, I'm going to come get you when I need you. Lord, I'm, really, I'm willing to do whatever you want. So if you are, let's ask them into your heart right now. Father God in heaven, there are people in this room right now, Lord, that want you in their lives, that need you in their lives. And Lord, as I bring them to you, as your Holy Spirit has moved in them right now, Lord, have them pray this prayer. 
Have them talk to you. As they say, Heavenly Father, I confess that I am a sinner and I have sinned against you and I need your salvation. Please forgive all of my wrongdoings and let me live in a relationship with you from now on. I do receive what Jesus did on the cross and I need him as my personal Savior. Thank you for saving and accepting me right where I am and help me now to live a life that is pleasing to you. Lord, we love you, and we will serve you in any way you tell us. In your name I pray, amen.